Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and in this episode, we talk with someone who needs no introduction. Zach Miller is a professional trail runner for the North Face, one of the most decorated, accomplished athletes on the ultra trail scene over the last 10-ish years. And in this conversation, we talk training, racing, UTMB, and more. Let's get right into it. Zach Miller, it is an honor to have you on the Single Track Podcast. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, really excited to chat. And, you know, there's, there's so much I want to talk about your career, how you train, how you race, what you're up to these days. The first thing that I want to talk about, though, I was listening to your Trail Runner of the Year episode with Dylan Bowman, and I heard you say in passing that you might forego UTMB and possibly do uh, this hypothetical Gary Robbins race up in Whistler next uh, September. And I guess the first question I have is like at this point in time, I know, you know, we're nine months out. Is UTMB completely off the table for you next year? I mean, I would say it's off the table for the time being. I, uh, today is the last day for, I have a spot. Like I, I have all my qualification today's, I think the 11th. So today's the last day to register for elites. Um, I don't plan to put it in. So yeah, I mean, I guess things, you know, if things were to change, if some things were to change before now and then, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a person who's, you know, open to re-looking at things. I, I, that's probably not the, the right word I'm looking for. But yeah, for right now, it's not, it's not in the plan to go there. Um, yeah, I've been looking at other options, uh, including Gary Robbins's uh, potential new race up in Canada. What else could possibly be on the radar? What are you considering? Because I saw on Instagram that you, you, know, you left that email address where people could submit ideas. And I'm, I'm curious, did you get any good ones? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got, I got some, I mean, I got a lot of emails just from people who were, you know, struggling with the decision of whether or not to run UTMB, people who were very decided that they're not running UTMB next year, uh, you know, people, you know, who, yeah, I think most people were either sitting on the fence or pretty decided that they weren't going to run. Um, a few people may have been suggesting other races. Um, most people were just, I guess, inquiring of like, you know, what was I thinking and how might they be able to be involved? But so, yeah, I mean, I have had some, I have, I did, I did receive some emails from some uh, high level elites as well. Um, there's, there's different things that are, I guess on my mind, uh, just from a personal level, I'm planning to race Hard Rock, so then I'm looking for a, a race after Hard Rock to focus my efforts on. I am I'm looking at Gary Robbins's new potential race. Obviously, he's still working on getting it off the ground, so things aren't set in stone there. That's probably one of the races I'm. That's one of the races I'm considering most highly, but I I just can't really make a you know I can't really give you an answer on that because he he is still in the works of you know getting it off the ground so basically gary and i have been talking and he's just like keeping me updated as he makes progress um if i wouldn't if i wouldn't go race there um i mean other races that appeal to me are like well um i was trying to think i tour de jean's 
popped into my mind, but I don't really? think I would go to Tour de Chance. No, I don't think I would go there. I'm just saying it popped into my mind because I guess I was just talking to someone today. They were saying uh, from, that's where Francois is going to go. Um, so, no, I don't think I'm so drawn to Tour de Chance for this year, especially coming off of a hard rock. I think it's it's a bit soon, especially for as 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 the, as big of an effort as that sort of race is. Um that's just where Francois is going. So it was on my mind. That's not where I plan to go. I would be looking, like I said, at Gary's race or maybe at like Grand Raid Reunion because I've kind of, I've been drawn to that race for a while and have never had it fit in the schedule. You know, there would be, there would be other options. Um, I think Grand Raid would, if it's not Gary's race, I think Grand Raid is maybe one of the places I would be most interested in going. I think timeline it fits up well, um, and it just seems like it seems like an interesting and intriguing challenge um, and a good race. Yeah, outside of that, I mean, sure, Ultra Trail Cape Town's been on my radar for years, and I've never made it down there. The Templier would fit in pretty nicely, and I've been to that race before. They do an excellent job. Um, I think they just announced a, a ten thousand euro prize purse for the race um which is which is very nice so not that i don't really i don't so much make my race decisions based on prize purses prize purses are really just you know they're they're bone they're bonuses they're little they're cherries on top but i mean i guess just a shout out to them and that they've kind of really upped their game and and put some um nice prize money in that race which is not the be all and end all but you know uh you know, it's, it is nice to see races making those efforts. Thank you to Knack for supporting the show. Knack is the official nutrition partner of Singletrack because I'm a big believer in what they do and how they do it. The idea behind their products is simple. The ingestion of a single macronutrient like carbohydrates is not enough for the vast majority of athletes to fuel ultra distances. After a few hours of effort, you need the complete nutrition approach to go farther for longer. So many athletes are bonking in the 100K and 100-mile distances because they're using products made for shorter efforts that overuse sugar and lack other critical macros. And that's the problem NAC solves. It's the sports nutrition made for the ultra distances. If you're curious, head over to their website, NAC.com. That's spelled N-A-A-K. Check out what they got. And at checkout, use code SINGLETRACK15 for 15% off your next order. With that, let's get back to the conversation with Zach Miller. As I was prepping for this episode, I listened to a couple interviews that you did with Billy Yang. I think it was three years ago and five years ago. And maybe it was the one five years ago back in 2018. He asked you, would you ever do a 200 miler? And it's cool that at the very least, Tour de Jance is maybe on your radar. I mean, it's on my radar as a, a race. I, would I ever do it? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I mean, I won't say I won't because as Walmsley, as Walmsley says, he always ends up doing the thing he makes fun of. So like he, he sort of jokes that he's he hasn't necessarily said this i don't want to put words in his mouth but he he's sort of like you know he, he hasn't necessarily said this but he's i think sort of like joked that like you know one day he may become like a, a race walker because it's, it's like you know you're like oh, i'll never do that that'll never be me like i you know i i i don't you know i don't vibe with that and the next thing you know you're doing it so um, I mean, when I was young, what, like high school, I was like looking at ultra stuff like Western States 100 and being like, yeah, but, I, you know, I was very naive and I'd be like, 
Yeah, well, they run so slow. Like I, I could probably do that. They, they just run so slow. But like, but I like to run fast. So why would I want to do that? Like I don't want to do that, <laughs> you know. And now I do that sort of stuff, and I think it's great. So you always have to like keep an open mind because the things you think you'll never do you know one day you wake up and you're doing them and you think they're the greatest thing ever it was funny i was this morning i was listening to walmsley and and courtney on dylan's podcast again and courtney mentions that you know in 2024 the colorado trail will likely be something that she considers strongly and then in the very next sentence walmsley's like you know courtney you've you've had this influence on me to really like, again, evolve into this sort of like race walking, ultra, ultra, ultra long distance stuff. So I don't know, just funny time. I mean, I was hanging out with Walmsley this fall and he was telling me about how in France he got so into just training of like, you know, basically like hiking around and how he's like come to like that training. And it's like, that was funny to hear because it's like, man, I feel like Walmsley used to just like, love to just like rip around on single track and dirt roads and flagstaff and it's like you know you know but but that's the thing like you change and evolve i mean like i i find it myself too like you know just uh yesterday i i went for a run in long tights like yeah (laughs) i mean that's kind of a joke but like i used (laughs) to like wear shorts at all costs and now i uh have training runs where I'm like, you know what, this having your legs like covered thing is kind of nice sometimes. So, but no, I mean, like, I also find myself like, you know, I used to be really, really like pretty stubborn about like running every step, like, oh, don't take any hiking steps. Like, this is running, this isn't hiking, like, you know, and it'd be very stubborn. And I'm still that way in ways. Like, if you ever run with me, I'll often keep like a little trot going uphill even if everyone around me is hiking um but i also like incorporate a lot of steep terrain into my training and have gotten more accustomed to being okay with like i'm still learning like i feel like i still fight it when i'm out there but like i'm learning to kind of like you know maybe lean more into whatever feels like efficient rather than feeling like it has to be what feels like running you know, because really all you're trying to do is move through the train as fast as you can and efficiently as you can. So if that's a run, cool. If it's a hike, you know, kind of kind of who cares, you know, <laughs> what when did that change start to happen for you? Probably as I started to, like, get more accustomed to the use of poles, which I, I started Nordic skiing about two years ago. I think this is my third winter Nordic skiing. So once I started doing that, I got a lot more, that kind of like set the light bulb off in my head of like, oh, these poles are really like useful. Like they're really useful in Nordic skiing. So it's like, you know, like I couldn't, like if you told me to go out and Nordic ski with someone and not use poles, it's like, there's no way I'm going to keep up. Like, you know, I'm just going to be so disadvantaged, disadvantaged. So it's kind of like, well, if they're this helpful in Nordic skiing, if they're even like, like if they're even like a quarter as helpful in running, then like that seems pretty helpful, you know. So I and I think as I did that and then and then kind of like incorporated them more into my training and got a lot more focused on steep terrain and just really long days. Like, you know, instead of doing training where like 
you know, you were kind of topping out at like three hours a day for seven days in a week, you're going to training weeks that are like, you know, 30 plus out. I'm not even sure what my training weeks were. I have to look at my log, but like 30 plus hours and you're doing, you know, five, six, 12 hour days in the mountains. And it's like, well, when you're doing that, you're just like, you're probably not running. Like if you're doing that, like out in the San Juans, you're probably not running every step, but you're still getting a heck of a workout. There's one more thing that I want to talk with you about on the UTMB front. And then I have a bunch of stuff that kind of follows up on training and racing. And the first thing I want to say is a, I have so much respect for you again, regardless of what stance you take on UTMB, the fact that you're willing to think about this stuff publicly, take some public stands. I think it's good for the sport. I think it's admirable. Um, but when I think about your relationship with the race, like you spent the last 10 years, super emotionally invested in it, working towards it. You're so damn close to the mountaintop. Like you took second place last year. Obviously it's like an electric environment, fanfare, et cetera. See, I mean, there's obviously a ton of media attention around it, race bonuses, stuff like that. So talk, like what I'm curious about is to the extent that you're willing, can you talk about your mindset around the possible sacrifice of not being there next year? And also just like what's inspired you to be so public about kind of grappling about what direction you go in? Yeah. Yeah. I can speak to that. Um, yeah, I've been at, at UTMB for a long, long time. I, I think I, yeah, I won CCC in 2015 and then I sort of, or very much went on this quest in pursuit of trying to win UTMB that, you know, I, I still haven't succeeded at, you know, last year, I was, I was final, like last year I was second and I was very, very happy with that. I've had a lot of good experiences at UTMB. I think they've done a lot for the sport. I think they've done a lot of good. I think we've seen a lot of growth at UTMB. We went from years of no prize money to years of like, I forget what it was, like $1,500 in prize money or something for first place. It, it wasn't much. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it was like, I, I think it was like 1500 or like 3000 or something. It was, you know, I guess it's open to opinion, but it was arguably quite small to now we have, you know, a full range of, you know, a, a full um, championship that basically recognizes 50 K hundred K and hundred mile more or less the distances aren't exactly that where every race pays out as far as I know 10 deep and on the same same increments you know 10,000 euros for first place um and then going down from there you know is it is it a New York City marathon payout or a Boston marathon payout no are we a New York City marathon or a Boston marathon no is it a big you know is it a big event and would some people argue it should be more yeah. Am I grateful for what's there? Definitely. Am I grateful for the progress over the years? For sure. Um, so all that to say, like, there's been a lot of good things. There's been implementation of proper drug testing, you know, and it's really just sort of this like global reunion of runners that like people really uh, have a great time and appreciate. Like I, I talk to so many runners from all over the world yeah. when I'm at UTMB um, and it's really cool to see people come together around this one event. Um, having said that, um, you know, I've definitely 
had my concerns as of late when 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 Iron Man came in a few years ago and and di- didn't didn't fully take over. They bought, I think, what I I I don't. I don't have like all of the details in writing. I think what I hear is they have like 49% uh, shares of UTMB group. I believe there's three separate entities. There's UTMB, the race, there's UTMB group, which is like, from my understanding, basically this, this network of races, like the series essentially. And then there's Ironman. Um, So there's these three things kind of all, you know, it's, Sort of like the Holy Trinity, <laughs> three and one, and you know, like not that's sort of a funny analogy, but like <laughs> uh, that joke might not have landed. Um, but anyways, like they're all kind of one and the same, but they're all kind of like different as well. Um, so when Iron Man came in, there were definitely some concerns. Um, you know, they don't have the at least you know amongst the public, they don't have the greatest reputation with their impact on the sport of Ironman, uh, on the sport of triathlon. It's the sport of triathlon we have to remember, not the sport of Ironman. But I guess that sort of speaks to, speaks to what has happened in that space. And yeah, so there's been concerns. And, you know, I've kept participating since their involvement. Um, you know, there's been some things that have been like, oh, that really rubs me the wrong way. You know, I don't like that. But, you know, I, I always went back. And then this year after the race, when I finished, you know, my goal has been to win UTMB, particularly to try to be the first American male to win because yeah. it hadn't been done. Um, and then this year when Jim finished first and I finished second, you know, it was a bit of a monkey off my back. It was like, okay, one, one, one the, the first American male thing has happened. So I don't necessarily need to feel a need to come like every single year in fear that some other American's going to get it. Um, and two, I was really happy with my performance. And I, and I felt like I honestly, when I finished felt like, okay, maybe I'll go do something else now. And then I had an interview with Megan Hicks from Iron Far, and I was kind of explaining this to her. And she was like, and she was the one, like of all people, she was the one who I thought would be relieved and would be like, yes, you can finally do something else because I've wanted you to do something else for like forever. And she was the exact opposite. She was like, no, she's like, you can't. She's like, you were so close. She was like, that was a, a UTMB winning performance and you need to come back and finish it. Like you, she was like, you were so close. You can win. You're capable of winning and you need to come back and finish the job. That was essentially what she said to me. And then I was kind of like, oh man, that's not at all what I expected. Maybe I should, maybe she has a point. Maybe I should think about this. Um, and so I did. And this, this fall, when I went to Italy with the North Face for a big team gathering, I saw Germán Granger there and I talked to him and I was like, Germán, I was like, I think I'm going to do UTMB. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that's what I'm going to do. I was on the fence, but I was feeling pretty confident I would go back. Um, and he was like, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm going back. And, and then it was actually while we were on that trip that the thing with, with the Wham race up in Canada happened with Gary Robbins, um, with Gary giving up his race and then UTMB coming in and starting a new race. Um, and then it was shortly after that, that the thing with Corinne Malcolm happened with her being fired from doing live coverage. Um, and that created a lot of stir and, 
that got me that got me thinking more about like okay is this is this some is this a race i want to go back to is this an organization i want to be supporting and after a lot of thinking a lot of struggling because i really did want to go back to utmb i came down to try and decide between okay well do i go back to utmb or do i put my name in for the hard rock lottery and putting my name in for the Hard Rock Lottery all but meant that if it came out, I'd be going to Hard Rock and not UTMB. Um, I wrestled with that decision, talked to you know a good friend about it, and in the end, I decided I'm going to put in for Hard Rock. I was honestly still considering the option of running Hard Rock and also going to UTMB. It's, it's not my style to stack so closely like that, but yeah. I was honestly still considering it. But I got into Hard Rock, and that's my plan: is to go to Hard Rock. And 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 just in these months of thinking and things, I just my as much as I still would like to try to win UTMB. I, I think that's that's important to note. Like I think some people are like, well, Zach just he he did well at UTMB, and now he's done, and he's just gonna make a fuss. And it's like, well, I I mean I I, I wanted to win UTMB and. I was pleased last year, but there was still that carrot of like, I'd like to have have this on my resume one day to say I won UTMB. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I would like that. So yeah, I I would. I I don't feel like I've accomplished all my goals there, and I I would like. I I did have a strong desire to go back and try to get the win, but yeah, as of right now, I. I feel, I feel pretty strongly that I'm not. How do I say this? I'm not a fan of the current direction of the of UTMB and the 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 impact that it's having on the sport and the direction that it seems to be going. I have a lot of concerns. Um, I I don't feel and this is my opinion um i i don't feel like the organization is acting in a way that is putting the sport first and and asking okay what is the best you know what is good for this what is best for this sport and for the people that we're serving with this race and then you know proceeding accordingly i I, I think they're asking maybe that sometimes, and I think they're they're they are still doing some good things for the sport. But I just basically it comes down to like I'm okay with them being a business. I'm okay with them making money. You know, I'm okay with a big race. I'm okay with media. I'm okay with sponsors, but I want it to be run in a responsible manner. I want it to re- I want it to be run in a way that is helping move our sport forward in in a good positive direction that still leaves space for all for the other facets of our sport of 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 small races of other race directors you know i want them to conduct themselves in a in in a respectful manner respectful towards you know all the racers from the back of the pack to the front of the pack respectful of the fans respectful of the sport as a whole that they are part of, you know, all those other races, all those other race directors. And I think it's, I think the, the interesting thing is that 
UTMB has a massive opportunity to be a real beacon of light in our sport and, and, and to lead the way and, and to push the sport forward in a very, very positive manner. But I think I, it, it's a real shame because it feels like they're, they're missing an opportunity, you know, they're missing an opportunity. Like they could still be making money, you know, they could still be, you know, the race that everyone wants to go to, but they could also be conducting themselves in a way that is a lot more respectful and is a lot more mindful and is stopping to ask questions like not only like, okay, what benefits us, but what is also benefiting beneficial to the people that we're, that we're serving. And, Hmm. and I'm not saying that they're not doing that at all, but it certainly seems like they could be doing it better. And that's, that's the big thing for me. And I, I know that's like kind of vague and, and, and there's, you know, there, I guess there's examples I could speak to of, you know, how I feel, how, how I come to that feeling, but we also might be out here all night. Um, so like apologies to anyone's like, well, he's being very, very general and he's not saying anything specifically, but you know, I think some people looked at my po- posts and thought, oh, he's just mad about Gary and Corinne. And to be honest, like, to, to be honest, Gary and Corinne were like the little tip of the iceberg for me up ab- hanging above the water. Like, that, like, in, in, in on, like, to be honest, like, I, I, part of me gives UTMB the benefit of the doubt that they didn't even, like, technically do anything wrong with wham that maybe it's exactly as they say like maybe maybe Vale they didn't necessarily say this but maybe Vale did a really crummy job of managing the situation gary ended up giving up they ended up moving in you know now is it respectful of them to move into that space without coming and saying hey gary like do you mind if like we try to have a race i know that's in incredibly considerate like you know that's sort of not how the business world works but at the same time there's a lot of things in the world that people get frustrated with they're like this just isn't good and the world is kind of crummy the world is not all crummy but like if we would do more things like that if we'd be businesses asking questions like that like hey gary we don't want to be like stepping on your toes here is it gonna like how do you feel if we come in i know that's like being very considerate but like also, why why can't we why can't we you know hold ourselves to a higher standard like that? Um, and with the Curtin thing, you know, I I don't have like I'll be honest, I don't have a ton of the details there. But like I said, like you know, is 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 Corinne right? Is UTMB right? You know, I I don't have all those details. But for me, those were just like little things sticking above the water. Um, and the issue was like. It, for me, it, it's more like it's it's much bigger than that. Um, yeah. And yeah, it wasn't just like one thing. It was more of like when I sit back is like, how does this group run their business? And does it seem like a good thing? Does it seem like a good thing to me? And the fact that there's as much, much controversy and conflict and so many elite runners being like, I don't know what to do. Like, do I go? Do I not? That says something about the race that you're running like is is that stuff there just because of social media because everybody has opinions and it flies like wildfire and stuff gets blown out of proportion 
or is that stuff there because, you know, there are, you know, problems like there are races out there. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's almost always something that's can be controversial, but there's races out there that I can sign up for and feel like, Oh yeah. I like, I feel good about going to this race. But then with UTMB, I think a lot of people have been conflicted and I, I, I think that should be enough of a red flag to at least stop and say, Hey, why is this? And is there something we need to do to make it better? Also, thanks to Rabbit for supporting the show. Rabbit is the official apparel partner of Singletrack. And as you've heard me talk about over the last three months, I have become a frequent user of their new Cocoon 2.0 product, an advanced sweatshirt with a built-in turtleneck that pulls up into a secure hood and breathable face mask. It's also got thumbnails and watch windows to keep your hands warm without a fuss and a water-resistant finish plus a fleecy interior for the most comfortable protection. It is the real deal. Again, winter's here, so go check it out. And if you're curious, if you want to add something to your winter kit, uh, check out the Cocoon 2.0 and use code SINGLETRACK20 at checkout when purchasing for 20% off your next order. With that, let's get back to the conversation with Zach Miller. You, you mentioned the tip of the iceberg, and we had Jim Walmsley on the show shortly after UTMB, and this was pretty unprompted. He said that even before the Corinne stuff broke, even before the Gary stuff broke, he went on record sort of saying like, I'm actively seeking alternatives to UTMB, not just next year, maybe in the ensuing years. Granted, that was in September, so maybe things changed. But that was the first time in my mind where I was like, wow, like people you know, of your caliber in this sport are already starting to reconsider this time in the year in their race schedule. So that was interesting to me. The second thing I want to say, um, you know, on Instagram, I saw this this letter that was co-signed by you and Killian looking into alternative races among the elite community. I will say for the record, I'm going to editorialize here. Whoever leaked it, I felt like that was a pretty shitty move on their part. I don't think that that's the way to go about breaking news in the sport, but they did it and it's out there and I feel like it has to be acknowledged. In your case, you're an ama- you're one of the absolute best runners in the sport. Like you, you could all you could do for the rest of your career is run, and nobody would bat an eye. They would be stoked to just see you inspire that way. But you've decided to, in addition to being a great runner, be this advocate for the sport, advocate for athletes. And I guess I'm curious, like from a psychological standpoint, is that is that easy for you? Is it natural? Do you feel compelled to do it, or is it, is it hard? Like like how are you grappling with this right now? Oh man, yeah. Um, it would be a lot easier not to have to do anything. <laughs> I I think I the first time, the first time I really you know kind of shared my like a, my thoughts on this uh, on UTMB in a significant manner was right before Christmas. You know, I I put up a I put up a post on on my Instagram page, and and just kind of just kind of said where, you know, where I was at, what I was thinking, um, you know, was, you know, also asking, that's where I had put up that email address that people could reach out. Um, that email goes to me. It's just, I, I'm terrible at emails from the get go. And I was like, I do not need all of these emails in my current email inbox, which is already a mess. (laughs) So I was like, I'm just going to do myself a favor and set up a, a new account just to, for all these things to go to. So yeah, that was kind of the first time I set, I, I like really put something out there. And I remember like after that, 
I was hanging out with my sister. <laughs> we were talking and I was like, I forget what exactly I said, but I was basically like, yeah, it would be a whole lot easier just not to do anything. <laughs> and she was probably something like, yeah, activism is hard <laughs> or whatever. Like, um, but yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely not like, you know, it's, it's not the easiest thing. Um, I've appreciated, I, I've been um, corresponding with Killian some during the, the process and I, I've really come to appreciate him. He has like, he seems to have an incredible like calm and like level headedness and foresight into like setting stuff up so that it like doesn't get too overwhelming. Um, at least not right off the bat. Like that's probably like the father of two and world, one of the world's best endurance athletes coming out in him. Like, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's like, he'll say like, Oh, well we should probably do it this way. So it's like not too crazy. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a really good point. Like this is probably how you kind of manage all the things that you juggle because you're, you know how to like be reasonable with what you're getting yourself into. But anyways, um, yeah, it's tough. Like I was just out on a run today and you keep going through your head of like, Oh, like, am I doing the right thing? Is this like, it is, is it, are there really the problems that I think they are? Am I just like overreacting? Am I, you go back and forth in your head. Like, like, is, is this, am I just like, why, you know, am I like off base here? You know, cause it's like you put stuff on the internet and you'll get a lot of, you can get a lot of support. You can also get a lot of criticism, but I think, you know, in the end, I, I feel good about where I'm at. And, you know, I've got one niece and five nephews and my, my nephew Ansel like, likes to like run circles around the kitchen Island. Like I think he did like 89 laps one night. Like he probably ran for like 20 minutes and he's four years old. And, you know, and I think, like, what if, like, one day, like, those guys can grow up and do whatever they want. They can be artists, they can be poets, they can be writers or football players or ultra runners or whatever. But, like, if they grow up one day and they're ultra runners and they're like, hey, Uncle Zach, this sport is a mess. Like, nobody cares. You know, like, it's just all about, like, it's just all about, like, money and all the, and we, we don't really get, like, we just, like, I don't know, like we're just kind of carted around like circus animals and like nobody cares about what's right or just or good. And like, you know, like, why is it like this? And and if I have to be like, well, it wasn't always like that, but it started to, but like that ball started rolling when I was there and I didn't do anything to stop it, you know, that would be kind of a crummy place to be in, like you know, and there's no guarantee that we'll end up in that place. But, you know, if, if there's a chance for me to have a positive impact on the sport, you know, not only for the current runners, but also for the future runners, then I think that's a worthwhile thing to do, even though it can be stressful and it can be a lot more emails than I like, <laughs> you know, and it can, and it and it can and it can be, you know, really conflicting in your head sometimes of like, oh, is this worth it? Am I doing the right thing or not? But at the end of the day, you just kind of have to stay grounded and 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 decide what you think is important, and then and then go for that. 
Well, man, I, I just want to say, I know that what you're doing, in addition to being a pro runner, is totally voluntary. It's it's elective, and I think you're doing a good job. I think you're changing the culture in a lot of ways, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening appreciate you. So I appreciate like yeah, the last 30 minutes. Yeah, and I think I, I think there's a couple of things I want to want to throw in like for one thing i i'm a very i'm i'm a guy who's very big on like grace and forgiveness uh and amen and and change and hearing each other out so like my efforts here are not like to be the death of utmb i think i think utm i think the the goal here is to create to to is to have a good sport to have have the sport of ultra running be in a good healthy place you know and and hopefully that includes utmb you know i i just i i would love to have utmb be like this good positive guiding force in our sport um the goal here is not necessarily you know to to kill them off the the goal is to you know to use our voices to express our concerns in in an effort to get some course correction and and to better the sport that that's that's the goal um and i think one thing that can hinder that is i've i've sensed there's this vibe among some people that just very easily goes to well it is what it is i feel like i've seen this a lot over the last month or so where there's just like well it is what it is this is just how the world works this is how big business works you know at some point the big guy just comes in and and takes over and you need to just like be quiet and and just do what you want because like it's gonna happen anyways and i understand that but i also think that's how we get in really crummy situations that's how people wake up in the morning and be like man the world's really like seems like it's a crummy place which it's the world is not like a there are crummy things that we deal with but the world is also a great place but sometimes people are like everything's just gone down the drain and like this is all bad and it's like well when we keep going through life saying it is what it is like we see a problem and we say well it is what it is we just we just put up with it then that one day can lead us into a really crummy place and we we wake up and are like why is it like this and it's like well because a whole bunch of us just said it is what it is and nobody did anything about it amen um i want to switch gears and yeah, let, yeah, let's talk about something else. <laughs> and, and not not that we couldn't go for an entire podcast, but I'm also selfish, and there's just questions that I've always wanted to ask you. And yeah, so I, I'm going to ask them. Uh, a lot of runners out there think of you as sort of like the pros pro. When I when I ask the question of like who they respect the most, they often point to you. They admire the work you do. They kind of think to themselves like, I see all the work that Zach is doing. And I always wonder like, can I do more? It's kind of like that. And I know you mentioned Killian earlier and like how he has this unique composure when handling a lot of responsibility, which I think is a really good description. But maybe besides Killian, is there anyone, is there any particular runner in the sport who you really look up to or who you've been like similarly inspired by and they've driven your career to some extent? Well, yeah, I, I often don't have quick answers for things, but uh, this year at the rut, the I the the runners on the team when we were at the rut got onto I, I think it was it was the girls really. Uh, the girls on the team got onto this kick of asking everybody who their crushes were, which was like awkward for them. Like I don't like to talk about my feelings. Like <laughs> I was like, no, no, don't like 
I'll just dodge this question like all weekend. Like, no, I don't need to answer that. But then they got into like, they were like, but they were asking both ways. They were like, well, who's your, like, who's your ultra runner girl crush and who's your ultra runner guy crush? And anyways, they, I, I did admit to them that my, that my ultra runner guy crush is Adam Peterman, um, which is basically like the answer to your question here. Um, just in that, like, that's just not in an actual like romantic way. <laughs> totally that's fine if that's in, the case too. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it could be okay, but it, you know, for me, it's not. In, sure. For me, it's not in a romantic way. Yeah. Um, it's just that uh, I think I think Adam's great. I think he's great for the sport. I mean, obviously, he's done has some incredible accomplishments, but he's just such a great human like you hang out with them and you're like this is just a good dude you're like you know like i could lose to this guy and still be cheering for him like you know which it's not always easy to say about everybody you know um so yeah he's just he's really he's really good really kind really talented i think hard working you know um it's kind of a bummer to see him out this past year but also really cool to see him working his way back um so and and aaron has his partner was out as well. It was, you know, it's, we kind of lost them both at the same time, which was a bummer because she's like an absolute crusher and like, you know, was running so well too, and then ended up in the injury boat with him. But yeah, I I think a lot of Adam, and hopefully we'll see him do some some big things this year because that guy is that that guy is uh, well, he's kind of a very big thing already happening, but a very big thing on the verge of doing even more. If you could hop in a time machine and go back to roughly 2015, when you just signed with the Nike trail team, what piece of advice would you give yourself and why? Uh, what, what piece of advice? Um, or what would you want that Zach to know about the next eight years? You know, I, I feel like, I feel like I want to know what I, I feel like I know what I want to say here, but I feel like it's not really stuff I would tell, have told myself back then. It's just stuff I would tell runners now because the reason I wouldn't really tell it to myself back then was because I think somehow I managed to do these things to do these things back then. Um, and, 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 and so my experience in doing them is why they're my advice to young runners now but for one like don't get too hung up on like chasing the sponsorship or chasing the prize money be like if, if you're gonna do it and you're gonna pour yourself into it like do it because it's like because you want to because it's like you're driven to do it because you're passionate about it you know, and, and race things because, because you're, you know, they're, they're, they're your goals. Those are the things that you want to go after, you know, not necessarily just sure. Like money can like prize purses and things can have an influence, but like go after them. Cause it's like, that's, that's what I want. Like, and it, it doesn't have to be that you want it because there's money there or whatever. And, and, and don't get too caught up in being like, well, how do I get sponsored? Like, who do I talk to and like what emails do I send and what do I put on my Instagram? Like, no, just go out and chase what you're passionate about and, 
and work your butt off and and race like as hard as you can and then if that stop like and then if if you do that right and you know maybe have i don't know if you want to say have a bit of luck but like if you do that right and some things go your way then those other things do tend to come you know i guess the space is funny and they don't necessarily come to everyone but but for the people who are really like charging and 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 pinning it like they do they do tend to come i i feel like most of my career um and i don't want to sound um cocky or anything but like i i feel like most of my career i was not i don't know i just feel like i never put a big focus on like how do i get sponsored or like how do i make a lot how do i make a lot of like prize money you know i i was just kind of i was running because i loved running and i was competitive because i was just naturally competitive and i was trying to be the best i could be and then one day i ran jfk 50 and like everything started to change but it, you know sure there might have been some thoughts of like oh like i don't know it'd be cool to get noticed or whatever like you know but i was just very much like no i'm just doing this because i'm like into it you know, and then stuff just kind of started happening, you know, and I think that's my, my advice, like, find what you're passionate about, crush it as hard as you can. And if you crush it big enough, like that stuff, that stuff will, that stuff will come. It's, it's interesting to me that the advice that you would give isn't really something that you personally seem to struggle with. It seems like you've always been able to kind of stay true to the original mission, original cause and kind of love for the game. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just because, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess maybe that's just, maybe that's just how I am. I don't know. That's just how I roll or whatever. It can be, I think it can be a trap to like chase money in the wrong way and, and chase sponsorship. It, 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 you know, I, I'm very grateful for where I'm at, but like, I, I just feel like I didn't hardcore chase those things over the years. They Sure, they came along, but like, yeah, I, I think it can actually be like counterproductive sometimes. People are like, "Oh, well, I have to make money, so I'm going to race, go run this race." It's like, well, dude, that doesn't make any sense. Like, like you might go there and win three grand, and that'll be good in the short term. But if you would like set up a smart racing schedule, and you would focus your efforts, and even run these races that maybe don't pay a thing but are prestigious, and you nail those, then like then something more than a one-time paycheck starts to come and then, and then you start to build some momentum and then you get something it's, I don't know. I kind of don't want to use this term, but it's kind of like this delayed gratification thing. It's like playing the long game instead of the short game. I think playing the short game as a young athlete can be very counterproductive sometimes, you know, not to say always, but I think it can, I think it can be a, an enticing carrot that can actually like hinder progress because you're just like, Oh, in the short term, I'll like, I'll make this money or I'll do this thing. I did, you know, it's like, well, wait, let's step back. Let's look at what we're passionate about. Let's look at like what would actually like be more meaningful. And then let's go like crush those things um, rather than just like always chasing the next little thing in front of us. Do you get the sense that of all the pros in the sport, most of them are aligned towards the way you approach things? Or do you worry that uh, more and more runners are kind of falling into these money traps and sort of like not quite 
the right reason type traps for being in the sport and kind of like approaching it? I think a lot of people who are in the sport are in the sport because they do like it. I mean, I mean, if you're going to be an ultra running, you're going to be spending a lot of time running, you know? So I think a lot of people who are in the sport do like it. I do think like the, the sponsorship thing, the money thing, uh, can get to, can get distracting. Like you like it, but then it's like, um, I think you can be distracted by like building your brand and building your career and, you know, and, and yeah, those, those, I get it. Those are kind of parts of the game, but I, I think there's some very genuine, I'm trying to also answer your question. I think there's some very genuine people in the sport, but I, I think there is also like developing, I do sense a vibe of like, as the sport grows and new people come in, there is a vibe of like, well, I want to be getting like, what I'm doing is valuable and I want to be getting my fair share and I want to be getting paid and, you know, and all of that. Mm. And I, I, I think, you know, and we do want, we, we, we don't want athletes to be treated unfairly, but we also, we don't want that element of it to influence us in a negative way. I, I'm sort of like struggling with exactly how to word this, but yeah, I think I, I yeah I I think there's a lot of great people in the sport. I think it's easy for some people to get get sidetracked down ways that are sort of like distracting from the craft of just like you know trying to run well. There was a thing on Instagram the other day uh showing all these NFL players um walking into their games. They were doing like a a funny thing of like you know sort of like who I don't know if they sort of like who was best dressed, who showed up best dressed. And they're showing like Patrick Mahomes in like a super <laughs> sharp, sharp, shoot, yes. sharp suit and like uh, Jalen Hurts in like, I don't know, a really fly looking outfit. And everybody's like so polished and like looking at And then they show Jason Kelsey. They show Jason Kelsey of the Philadelphia Eagles walking in. And they probably showed his brother also, Travis. you know, who's dating Travis, who's dating Taylor Swift. Like, um, and, and and Travis would have been like all decked out, you know. And then they show Jason Kelsey. And he's coming in with like a pair of blue jeans, a ball cap, <laughs> like a sweatshirt, and like looks like his like maybe like his gym bag from like high school, you know? Like <laughs> and somebody in the comments was like, Jason Kelsey showed up in his I'm married with two kids fit. <laughs> but like but then other people were like, Jason Kelsey's like I'm just here to play football. <laughs> and I, and I love that. I'm like, we got to not like in sports, we got to not forget that. Like we're here to do the sport, man. <laughs> like I'm just here to run the race. Like, I mean, granted there's, there's other things to it too, but like, I appreciate someone who's just like, dude, this is my craft. And I'm mostly about my, and like my number one is my craft. Like, you know, um, like, you know, it, and granted, I, I've, I, my career has evolved a lot, or like I've, I've seen a lot of opportunities and things over the years, and I, I work with a lot of sponsors and stuff. But at the end of the day, like, I want to be, you know, I want to be working hard at running. I want to be, you know, I hopefully performing well at races, 
and I want to be earning my keep like with my feet. Like mm. I want to be earning my keep with my feet. Like that's, you know, like I understand that all that social media and all those other things have become a part of it. And we could have a whole other podcast on that and how it impacts the sport. Um, but for me, like I want to be Jason Kelsey, like rolling in with my 15 year old, like my 25 year old gym bag from high school. And I mean, I made that up. I don't know where that bag was from, but um, like, yeah, just being like, I'm just here to play football. <laughs> With this next question, I'll preface it by saying you look great. You look young. You look like you just came into the sport. But like, <laughs> I'm wondering, I'm wondering, again, this is kind of philosophical, but when you think about like when your career ultimately ends in the sport, do you want to be the type of athlete who leaves sort of at the height of their powers? Or do you want to leave after you've started to feel or see feedback that you don't quite have it anymore? Um, well, first off, I have this, I have this strong feeling that as long as I'm in the sport, like I, I, I right now I'm having a great time in the sport. I like, just like I'm having fun. I really love what I do. I like, like some days I just like, I got back from training the other day and I was like, man, I just love training. Like, <laughs> you know, like I just spent like four hours out there, three and a half hours out there or whatever, just like, you know, doing whatever it was I was doing. Like, and it was like, I just, I just love training, but I, I, I really like what I do. I would, you know, I would like to do it, you know, for a while, but I also, if I'm, if I'm representing brands and signing contracts, um, and being paid, I want to be earning my keep. If yeah. I'm, if I'm signing contracts that are for professional athletics, which, I don't know. How do you define that term? You know, what point are you a professional for like the first three years of my career? It was like, I don't bear Like, I don't make like, sure. I have a sponsor. I run for Nike, but this is not my primary source of income. Like I make some bonuses and get some flights paid for and get some free gear. Like, but am I a professional athlete? Like I have another job. I teach engine. I teach kids with Legos. Like, you know, like it's, um, but yeah, so like, I don't know what constitutes a pro athlete. Uh, that depends who you ask. But like, if I'm, if if I'm partnering with brands and signing these contracts where they're supporting me with these, you know, um, good, you know, like with if they're supporting me with these, you know, w with these contracts that they're putting financial investment into, then I want to be earning my cake, and I don't want to be there, milking and and I say this now and. And hope I don't know, like I don't know. I hope I hope I I feel like I at this point I feel like I hope to I stick to this over the years, you know. Um, but like I don't want to be signing contracts strictly because I used to be good or because I you know because I I won these things in the past. Like and now, granted, I understand that like your career does have value and and you get this reputation and you build you build up this, this resume of successes. And, and then, and then brands are like, yeah, but this is valuable. You have a presence in the sport. We want to support you. And I, and I think that stuff is value valid uh, to a, to a point, but if I'm there taking up a roster on 
a roster spot on a team's roster as an athlete, then I want to be earning my keep as that athlete, meaning I'm going out there and I'm still like at a level that I feel is worthy of what I'm being paid, you know? So now if, if after those years are done, when I'm like, dude, the young guns on the team are kicking my butt now and you're paying me three times as much, you know what I mean? And I'm taking up a roster spot. I think that's where I would hope I'd be like, no, look, don't give me this. Give it to those guys. Give it to the guy I was at 25 who would have killed for a sponsorship, the guy who's up and coming. And if you want to keep using me, like put me in the lab and let me design shoes (laughs) or make me a team manager and let me manage athletes or make me a, or make me like an, um, make me a guy on your team who like counsels your athletes, like gives them advice, like, you know, or just like throw me some free gear and some bonuses. If like, you know, old geezer me happens to pop a good one, one of these days, but like, don't spend your money that is supposed to be going to like professional athletics athletes who are at the top of the sport. Don't spend that on me if I'm not there anymore. If you want to find another way for me, transition me into another role and use the the history of my career to promote your brand and I'm on board with that and you're on board with that and, and maybe we even have a have a salary involved with that, then let's create a space for that. But let's not take dollars away from all these guys who are coming up the ranks just because like I used to be good. You know what I mean? And that's like maybe that can sound some people might take offense to that mentality, but that's just like my mentality. If, if I'm on a roster to be a professional athlete, I want to be there because I'm at that level. I'm at that level. Not because I used to be. Was your contract up this past year? You just signed a new one or what's your status? Uh, yeah, I was at the end of a contract year um, this year. And then I just like went through a long contract negotiation and, and sign sign or actually commit committed to a new one it it was a long process of you know going back and forth on different things and yeah and then i just committed committed to committed to a new one so yeah i mean not a yeah yeah i'm still with the north face i'm continuing with the brand um yeah i'm not jump i'm not jumping ship um there were there were i'll be honest there were some opportunities after utmb um and i i pretty much always take a look around because, you know, I'll be honest, my experience in the game is you don't you don't climb the ladder very much unless, you know, unless there's um, other interested parties. Um, so I almost always, you know, do hear people. I do hear people out um, and, you know, I look at what my options are. But, yeah, I've been happy at the North Face and, you know, they, they went through the process, as did all the other folks. And I've just and I'm continuing on with them. I know we can't obviously talk exact numbers, but is the money increasing at the top of the sport for people that are, you know, getting first, second, third at UTMB and, you know, winning Western States and stuff like that? Like, are you, are you noticing proof that like the money's increasing or is it, has it kind of stayed the same throughout your career? Oh yeah, for sure. No, it is in no way stayed the same at the very front, at the, at the top. And, and I'm, I'm glad you, you phrased it like that because you almost have to like, when you ask this question, you almost have to, I think, break it up. Um, but yeah, at the top end of the sport and, and granted, I would not say that like, I am, you know, I I wouldn't say that I'm the athlete in the sport who can, 
who can get you know the biggest contract out there like I, i'm not trying to like i'm not trying to like downplay i'm just saying there are athletes i think in this sport who have done things i haven't who have performed better than me you have a who can damn good resume even, though yeah who can demand who can get even higher offers but i do think yeah i i think where i am in the sport i do have a look into that realm that you're referring to and yes at that in that in that range of the sport at that upper end it has grown like astronomically uh from where i started yeah it's pretty shocking like my parents my my father especially who's i mean my dad is a uh a mason by trade and is about to retire um, from, he now works in uh, installing kitchen cabinets and he has just been like blown away over the years of like opportunities that I've, that have been put before me and just numbers and things. He just like, he, he's just like dumbfounded um, that there's that much out there. So yeah, I mean, and granted my experience is not necessarily everyone's, but yeah, that, that front end is definitely moving. The hope is that like, you know, the front end moving means that the other, the, the middle and the back end start to move too, which, you know, we always want to be mindful that like money is not everything and money can also like influence a lot of bad ways. Um, but there is a lot of value in what athletes are out there doing, um, you know, in the sport. Um, th- there's a lot of value and it's good to see brands recognizing that and brands compensating accordingly um it's a really weird game because there's no there's no standard of like you went to school you got a four-year degree in engineering average starting salary is whatever average starting salary is you know like 70k or whatever you know that like for for engineering and i don't even know what it is there's nothing like there isn't that in sports um i work i work with an agent um and my agent howie howie kofleski taught me long ago he was like or, or told me long ago that he's like your 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 value is whatever you can get a company to pay you like there is no there's no set scale of like if you've won this race or you've done this thing you know or or you've been at it this long that you get x amount of dollars and yeah it, it it's a funny game you know it's it's uh I don't know. That is kind of a long, long rabbit hole as well. But I've, I've been fortunate to have a positive experience in that space where I, I, I've worked with Howie for years and he, he helps me a lot because I do not like the business conversation. Like I, some people are fine with managing themselves and talking numbers. And I'm just like, dude, like I want to run, like I want to run. I want to build things in my bus. <laughs> like I want to ski. Like I do not want, I do not want to like go back and forth, you know, over numbers. So he helps me navigate that. And I'm, I'm super grateful because it takes a lot of stress off, off my plate. Well, man, like I said, I, I appreciate you in the, in the transparency here. I'll, I'll ask you some running specific questions. I guess the next one is, is the 2017 UTMB still the most competitively thrilling slash theatrical ultra you've ever participated in, or has that changed? The 2017? 2017. Uh, this would have been, I think, the first year Walmsley was in it. It was like yeah. you, Tim, Debo, yeah. Xavier, yeah, Francois, was, yeah, I guess it was stacked to the gills, yeah. 
I think that, yeah, I think, I, I, I think that was a, a, an incredibly competitive year in terms of uh, who was in it, you know, and, and times show this. I think the sport has really progressed since that year, you know. It's funny to hear you ask that because I'm kind of like 2017. Wait, why is that? You know, but yeah, it was. Yeah, we did have that year that was just absolutely stacked to the gills. To the gills. It's it's uh, it's interesting now because it's like the time that won that year is like is not the time that is is winning you know currently. So like basically that yeah that was probably like from who was on the start line one of the most competitive years we ever had. But I think since then we've had years where the competition may have not been as deep, but the performances have gotten, but the performance results have gotten very deep. You know, now we probably have guys, I don't even know, like what did 10th place run this year? Like 22 something? Like probably, yeah, probably, probably like 22 something. And I'm pretty sure we probably had years where 22 something won the whole race, you know? So... Um, yeah, I don't know if we've surpassed that year in terms of like sheer competition of who was on the start line, but I think we've made – if those guys in their state then, which I was one of them, were on the start line in the past couple of years, you know, they're, they're still up there, but it's like we all had to step up our game or we were going to get smashed by our 2017 selves. Or we were going to get our 2017 selves were going to get smashed by our 20, you know, 2023 selves and 2022 selves. That year, that year was awesome. And I bring it up because, again, not to bring it back to UTMB, but one of the things that I get really, as a fan, that I get sad, depressed about is if we lose, if we lose the unity of competition that UTMB creates, will we ever in the next few years get a chance to see as many people like you on the same start lines again. That to me yeah. is one of the greatest losses in this whole scenario where it's yeah. like everyone becomes dispersed. It's like the band breaking. Well, and that's, yeah. That's one of the great things about UTMB. Like I said, they've brought in a lot of good to the sport and I hope they can, you know, I hope they can continue to do so. I, they, they really have created this, you know, what, and what I have wanted for like years, like, you know, I, I I remember thinking like, man, it would be cool if we just had one, we had one race that was just like the undisputed, like best of the best world championship. You win this thing and you're basically just the king, you know? Um, and that's what UTMB, like, which you could argue otherwise, but like, that's kind of what UT, UTMB became in a, in a sense, maybe, maybe not entirely, but like in a lot of people's eyes i guess it kind of, it, it has become that and that's been really cool and having that depth of competition is also really really cool and yeah you're right like if we if if things would if things would falter there at utmb and we yeah. lose that would we ever get it back um and i think maybe we would sport has a way i i don't know if i'd like to think or i think maybe sport has a way of finding its way like you know, new things kind of emerge. Um, I mean, even like look at trail world championships now. It's I think I think that is an event that has really come a long, long way. Um, you know, it, it used to be like 
oh, this is kind of a B-level race. And, and now I think it's much more of an A-level race. It, you know, is it above UTMB? No, I don't think it's at the point where it's above UTMB, but at least not in like an excitement and a wow factor. But in terms of competitiveness, I think that is a top-notch race. And I think they're starting to do a really good job with that event, you know. Um, so, you know, um, hopefully UTMB can continue to be this, you know, this wonderful thing that, that it is, ha has brought to the sport. Um, you know, but if it, if it ceases to, then, you know, maybe something else can become that. And I also think it's important to remember that I also think it's important for athletes and fans to remember that UTMB is not, I think it's a great event. I, I don't want this to sound like, yeah, I don't want this to sound like too much of a jab, but I think it, I think it's important to note that like UTMB is not the be all and end all. Um, I think there's kind of been this, there's been this argument that I've heard lately of, Oh, like, but Oh, like young upcoming runners, they kind of need UTMB for their careers. Like, that's where they go to build their careers. And, and I very much understand that. But one thing I want to point out, and I don't know how many people have been thinking about this, is look at the look at the rankings at the end of the year, which the rankings are always to be taken with a grain of salt, right? They, they take a year's worth of hard work and performances and, you know, come down to amount of, of algorithms and voting and all this. And it's not, you know, like, it's not a head-to-head -head race. It's 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 opinions and algorithms basically you know um depending on which one we're talking about and how the process is done but but look at the rankings like who i believe i actually have not paid like super close attention to them as they've come out but i, I believe correct me if i'm wrong walmsley was first right or maybe he hasn't been announced but assume he's first but is this for two, uh, trail runner trail runner the for, year or ultra yeah year? there's so many right that's also a good question but if we look at free trail right yeah. Which I think free trail is an interesting one to look at because it does not go by discipline. We're all in there together. We're comparing like basically just who are the best like trail runners out there, uh, which is really interesting to put us all in one category, but I think it's also very cool. And so like, look, we've got, we've got the ones I'm going to point out is I think in number two for men, we've got Remy Bonet, right? And in number three for women, we've got Sophia Laukley. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's quite possible that neither of those two athletes, who I think you could also argue are two of the biggest up-and-coming names in the sport, especially Sophia. Remy's been around for a long time, but he's he just started so young. But they are two of the hottest names in our sport right now. And correct me if I'm wrong, but did neither of them run a single UTMB race this year? I'm pretty certain that neither were at UTMB itself. And I don't know that either of them ran any series races at all, but they are pretty, I'd say pretty universally accepted as two of the hottest runners in our sport. Also two of the younger runners in our sport. And I think that's important for like up and coming runners to realize is that like, as we go through, as, as they pick and choose what they have to do, they don't always have to feel like there's only one way to success or there's only one, one race to success. Like truly good athletes who are crushing have a, have a habit, have a tendency of 
of bubbling their way to the top. Like you do impressive enough things and people will notice. Like you run a year like Sophia Lockley has had and people are going to notice. Like whether you were in Golden Trail races or UTMB races or World World Mountain Running uh, races. And like Grayson Murphy is kind of in that boat too. I think she was pretty high up the rankings and she spent like half the year injured. And, you know, mainly what she does is is World Mountain Running. Um, so yeah, I think it's just like, we don't have to be pigeonholed to one specific like way to build a career. Remy has done a brilliant job kind of in his own, I mean, very much a golden trail series lane, but sort of, you know, his own way and Sophia as well. You know, you mentioned worlds earlier and that's something that I'm, I'm really excited about the transformation. I, I feel like, especially after Thailand two years ago has been really exciting. It really has become like an A plus marquee proving ground for athletes getting to the next level. It reminds me though, you, um, I read this, I run far article that you wrote shortly after your world's performance last year was called heart, not smart. And you, if I remember correctly, you sort of reflect on your formula for success in the sport. And you sort of come to the realization that the common denominator for all your races, where you feel like you got the most out of yourself is when you lead from the front and you approach things as if winning is sort of the only option. And in worlds, this was one of the few races you say where you kind of went out more conservative and and you settled. And that was just like a terrible feeling at the end. And uh, I'm wondering if you can talk about that more in whether in that article, you're sort of advocating for a certain style and whether you see like within the sport, like too much settling going on. Oh, this is for a variety of things, but um, well, you use the word settle and that, <laughs> that, that uh that word sort of has a bad taste in my mouth i i i I ran division three track and cross country in college and i had this coach dave worth he he, he, i basically get a year yearly text from him after utmb of like like they always called me kizzle in college that was my nickname he'd be like hey kizzle this is uh your your yearly text from dave worth just saying a good job out at utmb because he he follows and i'll get this like pat on the back like once a year after UTMB, uh, which is awesome. I, I love it. Um, but, oh man, that guy used to tell us not to, to settle. I think, I think probably more yell at us not to settle, like, you know, be on in the infield, and be like, you know, just go, are you going at us? Like, don't, don't settle, don't settle, don't settle, you know, like in the middle of a 10 K. Um, and, you know, we'd be like lapping the track and, you know, he, <laughs> You, the worst thing in a race with him was if he shut up and didn't say a thing. Cause then you knew you were doing so bad. Like, you know, you would rather have him like be yelling at you like aggressively, you know, than then have him not say anything. Cause if he just didn't say anything, it was like, Oh shoot, I am blowing it. Like he, cause I'm not even like worth his time anymore. Like, you know, which you were worth his time, but it was like, so anyways, like in college, it was like a big thing not to settle, I guess. Um, and I hate settling in a race. I, I hate it. Like, I just like, that is such an awful space to be in. And I think that's a space that I can get in more easily if I'm not at the front fighting. Um, if I'm at the front fighting, I'm just the type of runner that it, like, it keeps me engaged. It keeps me like, 
you know, basically it's kind of like, well, I'm at the front. So things aren't going too bad. If things are going really well, like, and I can see the guys I want to beat. And like, I'm, it, it's just like self, it's like an, 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 an additional source of fuel for me to just be out there at the front. And like, once I fall back or once I fall behind, it can be really, that can be a tough space mentally. And it becomes so much easier to just settle and just be like, oh, well, I'm just off my game now. And you just kind of like get lackadaisical or you don't push as hard. Um, I just like really, I'm just really driven by being at the front. And I think my writing in that article was not necessarily that like, look, this is what everybody should do. I think you have to figure out like what makes sense for you. But it was just sort of this like, not an, not like I wasn't a hundred percent that I was right in, in what I was realizing, but I was sensing that like, you know what, maybe this is just how I function. Like maybe I just do best when I'm out there fighting at the front, you know? And even though on paper, like a coach might be like, Oh, that's just an idiotic strategy. Like I was like, maybe for me, that's the best strategy. Like I just get out there and, and just hang on, you know? And, and that just keeps me going. And, you know, for some people, that's not the case. Like they have some other strategy that works, but like for me, yeah. Like, like you said, like when I look back over my career, like even from my very first JFK 50 against Rob Carr, I remember being on the towpath and we started running so fast. At least I felt like we were running so fast. That was like, dude, I think we're just going to maybe like all, like, I was like, I don't know that we can do this. We were just going to maybe like blow up. Like, like, I don't know that anybody can stay on this train, but I didn't stop. I just kept going, you know, and, and, and then it, and then it worked. So, yeah. There's so much to, to say there, but you know, one thing that strikes me is within a race, you take a lot of risks, but within a season, you're pretty conservative. Like until very recently, maybe even currently, you've never really surpassed more than two or three races a year. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely surpassed that when you take into account like shorter races because I usually yeah. throw at least a ultras. few of those in there. But in ultras, yeah, no. Um, when I first started racing at, Actually, right after I raced JFK 50 mile, that was not my first ultra. That was my first 50 mile. Um, it was my third ultra, I guess. Um, and uh, right after I raced that, Howard Nippert, uh, who's a guy who ran, I think, on like the US uh, like 100K road team or 24-hour team or something, said something to me. I met him. I didn't even really know him. I just met him after JFK like in a hotel with the race director or something. And he said something about like his, like ed, his advice or his like theory was like, not more than I forget. I think he said like, not more than two or three, don't do more than two or three races a year that are a marathon or longer. And, and he said that to me, I was like 25. I was super early in the sport. And I, I took that and I just sort of like, structured myself around that and i was just like each year i just usually didn't do more than like usually i would do three and i i would try not to do more than three a year and that includes a marathon or longer typically um now maybe there's been a year or two here as i've gotten older that i've i've surpassed that but for the most part i still pretty much stick to that i think that was probably really good advice especially in my younger years I think now I, I, I feel like I've changed. I've, I've, I feel like I've, I've grown as an endurance athlete um, over the years. And now like I actually look at people like Courtney and I, 
I look at how I feel now in training and racing and recovery. And like before I would look at something like what Courtney just did and be like, that's like, that's nuts. And like, you might ruin your career like that. And it's easy to, to do that when you haven't been there or when you're in a space where you sort of fear that. But as I've gotten farther along, I now look at Courtney and I'm like, huh, I'm like, may, maybe like she's on to something and like maybe I can actually do some similar things as well. Like I, I felt like my ability to bounce from race to race has gotten, has gotten better. I, I'm not yeah. as fearful of like going out and doing like in the past I might have been like, oh no, like I don't do many runs over like 22 miles or like. 30 miles like like in training like i saved those long things for racing and now like i'll go out and do like a 30 mile day a 30 38 mile day you know like i don't do it all the time but I'll, like i'll do it and and so my my view and i think you know that's important in life like you know as we grow and as as we learn and as we experience things our views change and and we also get curious um i think that's i'm going to go off on a tangent here but like I think that's a really big thing. If you look around endurance sports, some people like I'm a self-coached athlete and people ask me that like a lot, like you have a coach or I'm like, no, I'm self-coached. Um, and I think some people get really surprised by that. And, but if you look around the endurance sport, the world of endurance sports, I, I've, I have a good friend, Andrew Yoder, who's a, who's a, who's a triathlon coach back in, in, uh, in Pennsylvania. And he coaches all these athletes and he taught, we, we had a chat about, the top triathletes in the world. And he said, you know what? He said, it's a mix. Some of those guys at the top of triathlon have coaches and some of those guys are just self-coached. Like it's, it's really like just a mix of like, it, it's not like the best guys all have coaches. Some of them are just kind of like doing their own thing and figuring it out. Um, and I, and you see the same thing, I think in ultra where I don't know who all has coaches and doesn't have coaches. You know, from what I understand, Courtney is self-coached. Um, from what I understand, Killian is probably self-coached, but maybe gets maybe does a lot of reading and talking to people. I think Jim is pretty much self-coached, but also takes in a lot of like is a bit of a sponge when it comes to learning about training. And and the thing I'm getting at is if you're you're saying like, well, why why is it that people on kind of these outliers are doing so well? And they're not working with coaches. And some people are doing super well and also have coaches. Like I think Katie Scheid and Germain, Germain are probably good examples of that. But the one thing that I think my sort of theory is, one, if you look at Killian, read up on some of the crazy stuff he's done over the years. I look at stuff and I'm like, this is nuts. Like I would have been afraid to like ruin my whole career or injure myself doing this stuff. But I think when you don't have the coach – you sort of have this free reign to experiment on the fringes and you get curious and you can just be like, well, what happens if I do this? Um, and you do, because a coach, maybe some will, but most coaches, my theory is most coaches, they don't want to get you injured and they want to try and help you do well. So they're coaching a bit safe because it's going to look bad if you're injured, you know, and it's also like not going to be good for you either. You're not going to be happy if you're injured. So they're kind of like, I'm not saying coaches don't take any risks, but I think there's probably a, a very like, it's probably common for coaches to, to, to 
play things well safe. Like, well, this is what the data says. This is what the, the books say. This is what the research says. So we're going to kind of play in these lines. And then you get guys like maybe Killian, maybe Corey. I don't know what everyone's doing, but just you, you get people who are just self-coaching and they can just be like, well, you know what? I'm just going to try it. Like, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go do this crazy thing. I'm going to do this crazy training block and I'm, I'm going to see what happens. And, and it, and, and you have to, it takes some balls to do that. Cause like it might blow up in your face, but you also have the freedom to do it. And I think that's like sometimes where those really big gains and those next level performances come from is the people who are willing to go out there and play on the fringes, but it's, you know, it's high risk, high reward. And I'm not saying that like, you know, you should all go out and do something crazy. But I think it's also like, at the end of the day, it's just running. Like, if it doesn't work out, like, I know we care about it a lot, but like, I don't know, like, there's something fun about rolling some dice, like, you know, being like, hey, I don't know, like, I, I did some things differently this year. Like, I, I texted with Seth Rowling before UTMB. He's like, dude, your training looks awesome. And I was like, well, I was like, I think I'm either gonna have like, a, I think I'm, I'm setting myself up for either like a really big, like like a really terrible race or a really great race. And it was like I is like I don't know which one it's gonna be. Like, cause I'm either gonna be like way overcooked, or I'm gonna like unlock something that that I you know that I've ne- you know that I've never been capable of. And when you're doing it, you don't know until you go out there and race and test it. Well, everything you're saying is, is fascinating. It's making me think my first thought was like, you mentioned Courtney, you mentioned Jim, you mentioned Killian yourself. And my first thought was, well, you were the four eggs that were thrown against the wall and you guys didn't break. But the other, you know, 20 eggs that also went after that, they, they broke. Exactly. And that's, that's all. And, and that's probably partly why like coaches and other people are like, well, no, don't do that. You know, cause it's like most of the eggs, they break, but like, that's the, that's the fascinating thing, right? I think in, in sports at this extreme, sports where, uh, where you can do so much training to try and get these edges, it's sort of a competition of like, well, who can just hold up? Like who just has the body that, that, that can hold it together? You know what I mean? Like and not, and not get hurt. It's like they may not even be the most like raw talent, but they're maybe their body is really talented at not breaking breaking and then they can unlock these realms that no one else can get to because it's like everybody else as soon as they start to get close to them they break and they shut down but then there's a few outliers who can take the work and then they can they can unlock these levels that no one else seems to be able to get to you know and now there's also there's also other ways to to skin that cat right like look at Remy. I think he probably puts in a lot of quality stuff and he's unlocking levels that nobody seems to be get to. And probably in a much more reasonable realm of like, of, I don't, I don't know. I don't like actually know his training very well, but, but the vibe I guess like a lot, a much more reasonable um, volume and of, 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 of work, um, but getting great results. So there's always more than one way to skin a cat, but I'm intrigued by the, by the stuff out here on the fringes. Is there anything from your risk taking over the years when it comes to training methodology that, that you feel has become tried and true, you feel confident doing it. And at this point you could like go talk to a coach and say, I think you should try that with your athlete because 
at this point, I think it's, I don't think it's a risk. I actually think it's a requirement for like X, Y, Z races. Mm. Like UTMB, for yeah, example. I, or, I don't know. know, but I do think I'm, I've become a big proponent. I think I've become a big proponent of if you're doing a vert heavy race, a long endurance, a law, a long, like long in time, long in distance and high in, in amount of vertical race. I, I have become a big fan of, of, of jumping heavy into, into the vert, getting less concerned about the miles, getting less concerned about, you know, the, the, the pace and just like going out there and becoming like, 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 you know, looking at your runs and being like, man, like 80% of this mileage is on pretty mellow terrain. Okay. Let's get rid of that stuff. Let's find all the steep stuff. Like from now on, we mostly not always, but we mostly go up steep and we go down steep, you know, and we don't, we don't baby ourselves on maybe baby is not the right word, but like we, you know, we stop utilizing all these like cruiser switchback trails and stuff like that, you know, and we just kind of go deep in, into, deep into this, this really birdie aggressive terrain where we're doing like, 12 minute miles and stuff. Um, yeah. but embracing that, I, I feel like that's been very helpful to me. Um, and, and it doesn't need to be all the time, I don't think, but having, having, having chunks of your training being like that, just, just really building. I feel like I, I kind of feel like I spent like a very large portion of my career thinking that I had like good mountain legs and actually like didn't like, you know, um, so I don't know, but I could be wrong. I, I know I've kept us running long. Um, you mind if I ask like three or four more questions that will close up? Yeah, I do. My phone is saying I've got 10% battery left. So <laughs> sorry about that. But, um, but yeah, you can do as many as, as until it runs out or whatever maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll end this episode on the phone dying but no this this is awesome um okay all right one of the questions obviously you just did rim to rim to rim which is amazing and maybe we do an episode on that later because i have too many questions but i'm originally from new england i I grew up in the Maine, new hampshire area the white mountains are near the white mountains are near and dear to my heart have you ever considered doing like the prezi traverse or the hut traverse up there oh yeah 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 that that stuff's been on like like the Pemi loop, the Prezi traverse, the, the hut, to, the hut traverse, the, some of this stuff is out of your zone, but like the, one of the most intriguing FKTs of all to me is the Adirondacks high peaks FKT. Um, really? Tagging all the hype. Oh yeah. The, the Adirondacks are like incredible. And the terrain is so hard. Like you get in there and run and you're like, this place eats you alive. And then you go like out West and you're like, Oh, the Adirondacks. And people are like, where's that? It's like, come on, you guys! It's in New York, like not the city, the state, it, it, and it's fantastic. Like, um, yeah, that type of stuff has has been on my radar. It's a it's a it's a matter of like finding time for it and getting getting to it. But yeah, like I I've been up in the White some, not not excessively so, but some, and it's it's great up there. The Northeast has some real gems. Um, but have you talked to Jack Kenzel? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, we converse a little bit back and forth on Instagram. Um, 
I've never actually met the guy in person. I probably should because he seems like a hoot. Um, you guys would hit it off. But but yeah, like I I I follow Jack's stuff, and I I think he really I think he does some rad stuff. I I get a I get a kick out of him. Um, but um, yeah, it's like yeah he he does some really he does some really cool stuff. We yeah every now and then we like try and pick some beta off of each other for something that we're trying to you know scheme up but uh yeah he's he's uh he's definitely he's definitely doing doing some rad stuff out there his his denali his denali fkt this year was was cool was cool to see i i don't you know maybe know all the details about it but um i don't know he had a heck of a year um it, it was pretty rad when I was listening to one of your Billy Yang interviews, you talked about maybe one day the Eastern States 100 and PA would be on the to-do list. And uh, I've actually never heard you talk much about the PA trail running scene. So if you were to make a sales pitch for that, in the same way we just talked about the Whites and the Adirondacks, what's the sales pitch for PA trail running? Oh, it's great. I mean, it's got PA trail running. I don't know. It's it's sort of like, you know, people always say this stuff like, you know, every, everybody always says they come from the greatest little small town and, you know, they, they learn to work hard and all, you know, I don't know, like it's kind of stereotype. I don't know. Everybody has these things, but I think, I think there's just like good stuff all over the country and all over the world. And um, it's rad that people are into the places they're from and the races that are there. I think uh, Pennsylvania has a cool trail running scene. I think they've got some good race directors. They've got some really rad races and they've just got some real good vibes at their races of like, I mean, if I'm going to give you like a highlight reel of Pennsylvania races, like if you're going to race in PA, you got to go to, uh, you got to go to Heiner, like Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania people know that's a classic. Um, I mean, one, it's a great race on incredible, like really cool trails. And then at the end, it's basically just like the most welcoming, like family reunion style cookout where, everybody just like pigs out on chicken barbecue, like, and whatever else they've supplied, like everybody fans, like if you ran, if you didn't ran, if you came, if you just come to heckle somebody, you know, you, you know, everything for you, just super welcoming. Um, but yeah, Heiner, um, you got to come in winter in February and run the frozen snot. Um, my buddy, Matt Lipsy says it's, ba- he describes it as a winterized sky race. Um, it's basically just a race full of climbs that go straight up and straight down. Like the things get like, we don't have super long climbs. We top out, we, we max out like thousand foot climbs, but um, stuff so steep that they like string ropes down to hang on to. Um, and yeah, it's like really cool race that they strategically try to put it on like the coldest in the coldest time of the year. That's the strategy. Um, and then send everybody out slipping and sliding across whatever the woods bring that day. Um, and then, I don't know, my own personal bias. I mean, sure, like Eastern States 100, World's End 100K, those are probably great events. I've never run them, but my own personal bi- bias is the Conestoga Trail Run in my hometown. Um, it's just like 10-mile trail race and some like really rugged, classic Pennsylvania trails um, that's like, where I train when I'm home sometimes. And yeah, love that one. But there's all sorts of cool races. Maybe last question here. Uh, maybe it's not official yet, but I think, I think you're doing trans grand Canaria later this winter. What are your thoughts on racing Jim again there? Does that excite you? 
Oh yeah, it's it's intimidating. I mean, it's gym, so you know you sort of feel like you're just signing up at a race to get to to get beat. <laughs> but uh, no, is that how uh, you feel about like? But you you have the winning mindset with every race. Like even with gym on the line, do you feel like you're there to win? Well, no, I'd be showing up to try. I'd be I would be showing up to try to win. Of course, like very much. Like if I'm going to a race, you know, like and especially if I'm going to a race with the gym, I'm showing up to try to win, but I'm just, I just have a great deal of respect for how good he is, you know, yeah. and I, I'm, and I'm a, I'm a human being. So I, I, I feel intimidated by certain things and it's very easy to feel intimidated by Jim. Like I'm just, you know, I'm just honest, but yeah, I'll still go out there and throw down and try to beat him. You know, like I'll, I'll go to UTMB and try to beat him. I'll go, you know, I'll go into the grand Canyon and try to go for his record. You know, I'm not always going to get it. Um, you know, I'll give it, you know, I'll give it my best shot, but I'll, I'll show up wanting, I'll show up there to fight for the win and probably at the same time, a bit intimidated. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, uh, I've been very cautious, on, a bit cautious on the trans green canary thing. Cause I'm kind of like, oh, I, I'm always doing that like runner thing where I'm like, ah, oh, but I kind of want another week to see how I feel. Like I kind of want to see if the training is clicking. Like I, I kind of want to, I just want like one couple more good workouts to be like, okay, yeah, I think, I think this is, I think I can be ready. But uh, actually I finished a run today and got back. I was like, I should send that email right now. Cause I feel good about that run. <laughs> it's like, but we'll see. Yeah. I would like to go there and throw down with, it's looking like a quite competitive, competitive race. I think, uh, I think Seth ruling Jim, uh, uh, Shen, uh and yeah. probably a host of other characters um so it could be a real barn burner seth ruling is such a baller i'm I'm stoked to see how his career has turned out if you want to ever just feel self-conscious of yourself and like demoralized just go for a run with seth ruling like and i'm saying that as like because i go on runs with seth ruling and that's s- sort of what happens like <laughs> go for a run with him or do a photo shoot with him because the dude is like the prettiest runner you do a, like I do a photo shoot with Seth and I just feel like, like a bumbling, like, like, I don't know, like plotter. And Seth is just like prancing around like an angel on clouds, like making everything look so pretty and effortless. And then you run with him and he's a really good athlete. I mean, like came out of the triathlon world. Um, like, you know, I think has some, probably some wheels cycling as well. And like, he gets on the trail and he just floats like he just floats uphill. He can, he can, that kid can just run and he can run fast. Like, I mean, he, there is a lot, there is a lot going on there. You know, I think there's a, you know, bright, you know, there's, there's a very large amount of potential for him. Mm. And he's also one that would intimidate me stepping on the line at Transgrid Canaria. Cause yeah, I have, I, I think very highly of Seth and yeah, he, he, he does, you know, he, he's won some very big things he, he has, or he's won some big things. He, you know, he doesn't, he hasn't won everything he's been in. Some people are probably like, who's Seth ruling, but he's popped some really good ones. And then he's also had some rough goes or some injury woes, but, but dude, if you just, yeah, I don't know, go for a run with Seth and yeah, you, you might feel bad about yourself when you finish it. <laughs> Well, Zach, I, I can't thank you enough, man. Your generosity, the transparency, the insights means a lot. I know the audience is going to enjoy this. I'll make sure to link to all your socials in the show notes. 
you have any final thoughts or calls to action that you want to leave listeners with before we go? I, yeah, I don't know. I was, thanks for listening to me ramble for forever. And, and I guess just remember that it is what it is. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> you can always try to change it, find something better in, in running and life and however you want to take that. 